Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dads Read Princess Stories, the podcast where dads from around the world read stories about princesses from around the world. My name is Kathy Trithart, and normally you'd be hearing and seeing me on my booktube channel of the same name. For those of you not in the know, that means that I talk about books on YouTube, and whoa boy, I've talked about hundreds of books over there. That's not an exaggeration. For instance, I read 237 books last year and talked about every single one of them. I'm famous for my weekly entertainment wrap-ups where I talk about everything I read, watch, and listen to each week, as well as participating in as many readathons and reading challenges as I can without burning out. It's a balancing act, for sure. But today, I'm the guest host of this week's episode of Dads Read Princess Stories. If you don't already know, this season of Dads Read Princess Stories is about the Cinderella tale. How many can there be, you're asking yourself? Well, a lot, to be honest. Cinderella-esque tales have been around since 850 AD in China. I personally love a good fairy tale retelling, so stick around to the end of the podcast for my recommendation of a recent Cinderella reimagining. This season, you'll be hearing from dads of all different backgrounds reading various versions of the Cinderella tale. Each dad reads in their own voice. Sometimes the dad will do silly cartoon voices. Sometimes they might be serious, doing a simple reading of the story. Maybe they do sound effects, or read really quiet like it's late at night, making it a little spooky. Sometimes they might do little asides, commenting or joking about the story being read. And at the end of each tale, every dad will tell you what they think the moral of the story is. This moral can be funny or serious, depending on the dad. It could be what they think the moral is from when it was written or how it connects to today. So. What tale will you be hearing today? Today, we bring you Abeda, the Philippine Cinderella. Abeda was written by Marna J. De La Paz. This author's upbringing in a Philippine town where indigenous culture and spiritual beliefs are practiced alongside Christianity inspired her to share a world of magic and myth that had become familiar to her but was in danger of disappearing as a result of the long history of Spanish colonization and Americanization. This version of the story had already disappeared from mainstream Philippine folk literature and De La Paz made it her mission to rescue this tale with its indigenous roots intact. We will leave a link in the episode bio so you can buy your own hard copy of this story online. Reading Aveda, the Philippine Cinderella today is Robert Omato. Robert was born and raised in Sacramento, California and had his first baby, a baby boy named Starlin, on October 25th, 2017. He is a stand-up comedian who also just happens to work in an office during the day. Robert was recently named a 2019 stand-up NBC semi-finalist and has performed for the U.S. Navy on San Nicolas Island in the San Francisco Comedy Competition and San Luis Obiso Comedy Festival, and is the host and producer of the popular podcast Random Thoughts. He has also had the pleasure of opening for Brent Erst, Sarah Tiana, Carlos Miller, Will Durst, Rex Neverready, Joey Medina, and Mike Epps. Once upon a time, in one of the sunny islands of the Philippines, there lived a man named Abak and his wife, Abadessa. 
They had a beautiful little daughter whom they loved very much, and they called her Abadea. But when Abadea was 13 years old, her beloved mother died. They buried her in the cool shade of the forest. Now that's in quotes, and I don't know what that means, like how far in the forest or why they chose to bury her in the forest and not a cemetery. Uh, kind of sounds like some sort of uh, insurance scam to me, but we'll continue. When the father remarried some years later, he had no idea how spiteful the woman was. She had three daughters of her own and hated Abadea on sight. She vowed to herself to make the poor, that poor girl's life miserable, and she did. She soon had her working like a slave. Abadea had to clean the house, wash the dirty laundry, fetch the water from the river, and cook all the meals. Then came the worst. Her new mother and sisters actually threw her out of her own room. They made her sleep on the floor in the kitchen, all alone. And how they teased her. But why do you ever love to powder your face with soot, kitchen princess? They sneered. I had to look up soot, what soot was because I thought it was just uh, dust. Uh, but it's not. It's a black powdery or flaky substance consisting largely of amorphous carbon produced by the incomplete burning of organic matter. So I, they probably live by a factory. So that's why they're suiting the air. Or they're burning something nearby. So that's why they're, uh, that's in the air. But I don't assume you'd know that if you're like four years old. Because um, I had to look it up. Unless that means you're smarter than me and you're four. Uh, when Abadea became exhausted, her stepmother told her, You good-for-nothing lazy girl. Next time I'll whip you with the tail of a stingray to make you move. This part's a little confusing because I don't know if that... I've been to the Philippines and they showed me around their house and no one showed me the tail of a stingray. So I don't know if that was just a threat to the girl to say that I'm going to go out and get the tail of a stingray, like go buy one, and if they're available, you know, just it's, they're that easy to get. Or if she said, I'm going to whip you with the tail of a stingray, left the house, then she goes out to the ocean and catches a stingray, which I, I imagine is not easy, and then gets the tail of it, then comes back and then whips her with it. But by then, she's probably so tired from fighting off the stingray that she's not even going to be angry anymore. So if your parents ever threaten you like that with, with this sort of punishment, then I would say go do it because they're going to be tired by the time they come back and you probably won't be in that much trouble. Okay. Moving along. Every day, things got more and more difficult. It seemed that the stepmother would stop at nothing. One day, she demanded, go to the river and wash these two handkerchiefs until the white one turns black and the black one turns white. Do exactly as I tell you or I shall whip you until your bones break. How does the mom know that she just doesn't, why, why didn't she just come back with the handkerchiefs, the black and white one, and just say, yeah, I washed them and here they are? Maybe they're marked. They, she probably has like a mark on them or maybe one's like older or newer. Because if it was that way where I just have to make one turn white and, and the other one turn black, I would just bring them both back. I would leave for three hours, go get something to eat, maybe some ice cream, and then come back. I would leave for three hours, act like I went to the river, and then get some ice cream, and then come back and just hand her the same cloths that weren't washed. You know what? Forget the ice cream. Here's what I would do. I would leave for three hours, 
and I would go and make like 50 TikTok videos and try to go viral. I would do all of them. I would do all the dancing, all the imitations, uh, whatever I could to try to make some form of money. I would be on that. I would be trying to become a YouTube sensation or get famous off of Instagram. Anything I could do to try to make money so I'd never have to see those mean people again. Which is actually, you know what, you, you're listening to this and you're probably like four years old, two to four years old, so you shouldn't think about moving out. So scratch that idea. That's just something I would do as an adult. But as a two to four year old, shouldn't think about having to work and get a job and, and think about moving out right now. You don't need to think about rent at this age. So Abadea went to the river. Remembering how much her mother had loved her, and feeling so alone, she became lost in thought. Without realizing it, she prayed aloud. O Bathala, God of Earth, O Anitos, spirits of my ancestors, hear me, please! O dear mother, I have become a slave in my father's house! That's when she heard a rustling and turned to see a beautiful, radiant lady looking tenderly at her. I am the spirit of the forest, and I watch faithfully over this place. She motioned with her hand, and out of nowhere, a young man and a young woman appeared and bowed respectfully. They danced magical steps into the water and out again, and Abadea could see now that the black handkerchief had now turned white, and the white one black. Thankfully, she accepted them and ran home. Her stepmother was not happy to see that she had accomplished this task, and the next morning commanded her to spread newly harvested rice on a mat to dry in the sun. Then she told Abadea to go to the granary to pound rice and winnow to separate the husk from the grain. Finally, she told Abadea to go to the kitchen and cook the rice in a clay pot. But while the poor girl was trying to cook a bit of the rice, a bad, greedy pig came and tore the mat into tatters while gobbling the rice that was drying in the sun. Now the stepmother pulled the girl's hair and beat her, ordering her to reweave the mat at once. Abadea cried all the way to the river bank. The spirit helped her again. Three girls appeared who skillfully started to weave the mat together. Soon, it was as good as new. Now the spirit invited Abadea to her home in the enchanted cave under a huge tree deep in the forest. There she showed her a hen with feathers with the colors of the rainbow and a long flowing tail. I have never seen such a beautiful chicken, said the girl. So the generous spirit gave it to her for a pet. When she got home with the mat and the chicken, the stepmother became suspicious. If I ever find out how you're cheating me, you'll be in deep trouble, she screamed. And then that wicked woman took the chicken, saying that she would care for it. She made her stepdaughter get back to work. But early the next day, the stepmother took the chicken from the coop and chopped its head off with a knife. Then she roasted it for dinner. Poor Abadea was horrified, and the vicious woman said, 
This chicken is big and fat. We'll have a delicious dinner tonight. You know what? This story took a, a turn that I wasn't expecting. It took a, a Stephen King, uh, M. Night Shyamalan type movie turn. Um, that was horrific, okay? And I didn't expect it to uh, go that way. I thought she was going to take the chicken home and be fine. Um, but apparently not. Now it feels like uh, we're in like a true crime documentary or like the first 48. I feel like I need to tell someone to call the authorities. Um, but you know what? She's going to get hers in the end, okay? I know that because this is a fairy tale. I haven't read the ending yet, so I'm not sure. Uh, I don't want to make any false promises here, but I have a feeling that she's going to be okay in the end. And Abadea ran out to her coop where she found the dead chicken's feet. Clutching them, she ran to the river and again the spirit appeared. She told her to plant her feet on her mother's grave and pray to her ancestors, and the girl did just so. The rainy season came and went, and the girl went back to check the gravesite. What a surprise she had! The chicken feet that she had planted had grown into an enchanted tree, flowering with all sorts of treasures such as rings, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, pearly diamonds, and golden dresses. Like, wait, no one else saw this trip? It's like a flea market, it seems like. It, it almost seems like it sounds good, but it almost seems like those kiosks that you see in the middle of the mall. Like, it, to me, it doesn't, like, it doesn't sound like something I would want to walk by. A bunch of things just hanging where they're not supposed to be. You know, like the kiosk in the middle of the mall. Like, no one really wants to buy the jewelry, but they're always trying to stop you and get you to try their lotions. And how would no one else seen this tree? Wouldn't they have stolen all the jewelry? Maybe the tree's like way far away. No, it's on a gravesite. Well, it's in the forest, but they never said how far. So maybe she's just getting the stuff that's left over. So maybe she doesn't get the get best. Either way, it's free jewelry. Um, so she she's she's coming up on on rings, bracelets, necklaces, earrings, and diamonds. Okay, the girl gathered these and returned home. What a fury awaited her there. Another beating. And now a filthy old blanket to mend and clean. Meantime, the son of the chieftain of that island was out hunting pigs. He suddenly came upon a chicken most glorious with tail feathers that trailed far behind it and feathers that shimmered with blues, yellows, reds, and blacks. It flew to the top of a tree covered in gems, and the young man knew he was on sacred ground. He made an offering and said a prayer, and asked permission to take a ring. This he slipped on his finger and departed. At home, his finger pained him, and he saw that the ring constricted it, which means it was tight on his finger. It was hurting his finger, which was constricting. His father called the killer, who said, Listen to your heart. Perhaps it will tell you what to do. That night, he dreamed of a chicken with streaming rainbow colors, which turned into a maiden whom he longed to kiss. The pain was gone, and so was the ring. But then he awoke, and the ring throbbed still. His father asked about the dream, and then said to the town crier, Go out 
and beat your drum and tell everyone that the girl who can remove the ring from my son's finger will become his bride. So the crier did, and all the girls ran out. They all ran out for like a guy wearing a ring, like it's a like he's a rapper, like he's he's Jay Z or something. It's because he's got jewelry. That's all right, whatever. Abadea's three sisters went out, but when she begged to be allowed to, her stepmother locked her in the kitchen. That's when the spirit arrived, led her out, and said, The young man is waiting for you. Go and see him now. So she did. But how everyone screamed and sneered when the poor dirty girl showed her face. All the people looked in disbelief as Abadea, in her ragged clothes, approached the young man. She easily removed the ring, and he kissed her with joy and relief. Then the whole island rejoiced at their wedding. All the best dancers, singers, musicians, poets, and magicians came to the wedding. Abadea wore the jewels from the spirit tree. And that day was the beginning of a long and happy life for Abadea and the prince. So the moral of the story, of course, is always be nice to people. Everyone is equal. No one's better than anyone. Treat everyone how you want to be treated. And no matter what situation you are in, like always try to have faith. Always work hard and remain optimistic um, and have a positive attitude that it's all going to work out in the end. Um, Because I believe in karma. She was a good person and good things happened to her. Well, good night. That was Robert Amata reading a beta of the Philippine Cinderella. You can follow Robert on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby Amato or his website, www.robertamato.com. I'm Kathy Trithard, and I promised you a recommendation of my own. I recently read Cinderella is Dead by Caelan Byron. This young adult fantasy depicts a world over 200 years after Cinderella got her happily ever after, but things haven't gone so great for her kingdom. Girls of a certain age are expected to attend a yearly ball, and if they aren't selected by one of the men in town, they are forfeit to the crown and sometimes never heard from again. Our protagonist, Sophia, wants to escape the kingdom with her girlfriend because, of course, this patriarchy is also homophobic on top of being sexist. If you want a story about a queer brown girl working to overthrow a corrupt patriarchy, this is the book for you. If I can also step outside the Cinderella box for a moment, another recent young adult novel is A Curse So Dark and Lonely. This is a Beauty and the Beast retelling where a prince relives the same season hundreds of times trying to find someone who will fall in love with him before he transforms into a terrifying murderous beast. And a girl from our world with cerebral palsy who is transported to his kingdom in hope she'll break the curse. I could go on and on about retelling, so if you want to hear my thoughts about books, please be sure to follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Kathy Trithart. That's hard to spell, so check the show notes. I'm also the co-host of the Queer Lit Readathon, which you can find on Twitter and Instagram at queer underscore lit. We have four events annually, and the next one is a queer weekend coming up on September 26th and 27th. This is a weekend dedicated to picking up a queer book of your choice that 
that you just haven't gotten to yet. Our next week-long readathon, complete with reading challenges, is November 29th to December 5th. It's been a pleasure guest hosting Dad's Read Princess Stories. You can follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Dad's Read Princess Stories. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.